to our next episode of our podcast, Children's Be Lit. Uh, my name is Shirley. My name is Julie. And we've been best friends since the fourth grade. Um, in this podcast, we read the book. We read the books that we loved as children and discuss their impact on us then and now, and see if our ch- opinions have changed in the ensuing years since we first read the book. Um, mm-hmm. And let's give us a little summary of who we are again. Um, hopefully, most people know because it's really like <laughs> um, But uh, I'm I'm a librarian. I've been a librarian for over ten years, um, mostly working with children and teens. And uh, I am a computer science PhD student who uh, deeply misses the humanities and uh, <laughs> it's like to talk to my best friend about classic children's literature. Yeah, and I, if, if, we, if I had to guess what career you would have gone into from school, I would not have guessed computer science. I would have guessed like True. writer. That, well, that was my ambition at the time. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I would partially blame our uh, our um, education for not realizing that I was good at more than one thing. I mean, right. that's weird, right? Right. No, our <laughs> our schools were not good at encouraging you to do anything. No. Like, yeah. Basically, I I did not believe that I had skills coming out of high school, so. And we we're we're super smart, you guys. We have hella skills. It, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Don't look at just the the highest stat. Look at all your stats. That's what I'm saying. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I have a broad set of skills that I'm mediocre at. <laughs> yeah, that's important. We're foxes, yeah. We're not hedgehogs. <laughs> okay. Um. All right. So, uh, you know, this I is don't... our earliest tangent ever. Whatever. <laughs> I, I'm not even going to number these anymore because I literally can't remember where, what, what book we're on. So, but I do remember what book we're reading today. So nice. today's book, we are going to read Moss Flower. It is written by Brian Jakes, and um, it's part of the Redwall series. I'm sure Julie will go into this a bit more, but uh, yeah, I'm going to do his biography. So let's start with that. So uh, Brian Jakes, pronounced Jakes, uh, it looks like Jacques or Jacques, Jacques uh, was born in 1935 in Liverpool, England, and he wrote 22 books in the Redwall series, as well as other books, including The Castaways and The Flying Dutchman. A writer from a young age, he quit school when he was 15 to join the Merchant Marines to help support his family. His professional writing career began in 1986 when working as a milk delivery man. He was invited in for tea for the Royal Weaver Tree School for the Blind. He soon began volunteering to read to the children, but disliked the children's stories so much, he started writing his own. His first book, Redwall, took him seven months to write, and his former English teacher shopped it around without his knowledge. Redwall was published in 1985 and was the start of a successful series of books set in Redwall, a world where all the characters are animals but act like they're people in a less disease-ridden Middle Ages. He passed away in 2011 after an emergency heart surgery at the age of 71. And I wanted to add a fun fact because that was kind of a sad ending. Fun fact, the amazing food descriptions, he links to food rationing during World War II when he was a child. Also, Noth, uh, who we'll meet later, he's a prince of mouse thieves, is based on him. These are fun facts. They're fun facts, right? Okay. Yeah, this is all new information to me. I know. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, summary, please. Yeah, so I'm taking over summary duties. Um, it's harder you. than it looks. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, let's begin. Uh, in the once idyllic land of Mossflower, peaceful woodland creatures now live under the rule of the wildcat warlord Verdaga Greeneyes and his army of ferrets, weasels, and stoats. Our story begins as the mole Earthclaw comes to persuade a family of hedgehogs that it's time to flee their home to the safety of Brock Hall, an underground refuge and ancestral home of the Badger Bella. They're momentarily heartened to see an unfamiliar warrior mouse fight off a squadron of weasels, but he is overpowered and captured. The mouse, Martin, is brought before the warlord Verdaga for judgment. Uh, the warlord's gentle son, Gingiver, recommends that he be escorted out of their lands, while his wicked daughter, Sarmina, says he should be executed. Vardaga rules that Martin should be imprisoned in the dungeons. Furious at being overruled, Sarmina takes Martin's sword and snaps it in two, tell him to wear the, the broken hilt around his neck as a sign of their mercy. Martin tells her that her father's judgment was just, but hers was the right one, and vows that he will slay her someday. That same night, Sarmina's lackey, the fox Fortuna, slips poison to Vardaga, killing him and leaving Sarmina the queen of the fortress Cotier. Martin finds himself in a cell with Gomph, an irrepressible mouse thief with a penchant for bursting out into song. The woodlanders, including a crew of otters and a squad of squirrel archers, mount a daring rescue of Gomph and Martin. Reunited at Brock Hall, the free folk of Mossflower decide the time has come to rise up and overthrow their oppressors. Martin, Gomph, and a young mole named Dinny live on a quest to find Bella's father, Boar, who left years ago for the legendary mountain named Salamandistron. On their journey, they, they encounter the ferryman shrew Logalog, as well as friendly bats, Tetris toads, and extremely English hares before finding Boar in his mountain stronghold. Boar reforges Martin's swords in the fires of South Mandistron, but is killed in a battle with his nemesis, the pirate sea rat Ripfang. However, our heroes manage to steal the sheer up ship, the Bloodwake, and sail it up the river Moss to rejoin their friends. In the meantime, the Woodlanders have been striving to push Dax Armina's forces as best they can, and have put in a plan in motion to flood the forests of Couture. On Martin's return, they fight a series of pitched battles as the walls close in around Sarmina and four forces. The ship is sunk, damming the river, and Kotir floods, routing what remains of the Wildcat's army. Martin and Sarmina fight a fierce duel, until Martin drives her into the water where she drowns. He is gravely wounded, but survives, thanks to the ministrations of the Abbess Germain and Gonk's lazy lady love, Columbine. The surviving Kotir soldiers are marched out of Mossflower, and the now-free woodlanders feast, and decide to commemorate their hard-won peace by building a great stone abbey. Yeah, that's yeah, that's long, but that's like cutting out so much. <laughs> I cut out so much. There's a lot of daring do that was not mentioned in the summary. A lot of daring do. It's um a very long book. Um, did you need <laughs> a uh, a paperback like a like a physical version? Yeah, I have a mass market paperback that I got at a used bookstore, and it is um three hundred and seventy six pages long, and it's fat. It's a fat one. It's a fat book with small text. <laughs> it's a donkey book. Yeah. I was really surprised because I remember we read this pretty young and like books for this age range, they don't print the font this small anymore. Yeah. Well, we had young eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually um, ended up rereading it mostly on um, uh, my, my phone, like an e-book. E because I could bump the font size and read it at night <laughs> when Wesley was sleeping. <laughs> so, you know, because I don't need a light source. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is a lot. Okay. 
So um, let's jump into our topic because this one, yeah. this one definitely, I think we both read as children. So uh, yes. let's start with the first question. What, what was uh, your first memory or first experience with this book? Okay, so I think we've established over the course of this podcast that I don't have a great sense of the like chronology of my life. You have um, no memories. <laughs> I have no. Basically, there's like stuff happened. I don't really know what order, but stuff definitely <laughs> happened to me. Uh, <laughs> I'm on stuck in time. Um, yeah, but uh, so I'm gonna tell you kind of like my impressions of oh. like sort of like how I associate getting this book. And I'm going to warn you at the outset, this is like the whitest story of all time. But so I have this memory of going on like trip with my family, like up the California coast. Mm -hmm. And then it's some town that was like Santa Barbara, but I don't know if it was Santa Barbara. We went to this toy store that was like sort of um, like a wholesome old fashioned toy store. Mm -hmm. um, had a lot of like wooden toys and, um, so the things that I associate with that that trip to the store was um, getting these little gnome figures that were like made out of felt and wood. Um, wow. Getting these. Do you remember those? They had little pointy hats. Anyway, so remember those. I think some um, modeling wax that was like brightly colored and it like made your hand smell like honey when you played with it. Okay. And then I remember buying, I think, Redwall which was a hardcover and had these, like they have these beautiful painted uh, dust jackets. Um, Ooh, fancy. Yeah. 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 So I remember, um, I, so I thought of this book as kind of like this weird, like not a normal book that you got at a normal bookstore, even though it totally is a normal book that you get at a normal bookstore. You associate series... it with like a bougie toy store. Yeah. 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 But I didn't like, I didn't think of it as bougie. I thought of it as sort of like, uh, you know, old-fashioned, like it was out of Narnia or something. Like a Narnia tour store would look like this. Uh, it was hella bougie, though. <laughs> yeah, so, but I definitely, this this series continued to be published, like, long after we sort of ceased to be children. So I certainly, to this day, have not read them all. Um, I definitely, I think I had, like, the first, maybe, like, four or five in those beautiful hardcover editions. Um, I was definitely super into them. So... What is your what is your memory of these of these books? How did you encounter them? You. <laughs> oh, nice. So I hooked you up for the bougie toy store. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No. So like <laughs> many many of of my childhood books, like Julie has no memory of where she got them, but most of mine are actually books that were recommended to me by friends. I would still be reading like the old serendipity books. <laughs> Except for you guys, like, forced me to branch out. I specifically remember Clara, like, in fourth, like, fourth grade, I when I moved, you know, to where we all grew up. And uh, Clara's like, you're still reading those books? You should read chapter books. And I was like, no, I'm going to read my old favorites. And she's like, you need to read Roald Dahl. And so then I started reading, like, other books, right? But I think probably it might not have been until junior high. I think you or one of our other friends recommended the, the series. Because this, if it wasn't published till 1985 anyways, that it was actually, like, pretty new when we read them. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, I totally would have thought that it would be something from, you know, the 70s, because it's just, that's right. how everything goes. Yeah. Like, we did yeah, not yeah. read contemporary books, apparently. But apparently we did. I also didn't really know... There's actually a ton of children's literature that was published in the 70s that I thought were sort of vaguely like 
I had the sort of the the sort of the C.S. Lewis bucket and the like contemporary bucket, and I just assumed it's like, oh, these are like, you know, current books, but they're super not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so yeah. anyway, so I remembered. I think you know they were like read this book, and I read them, and I was like, oh, they're so cool. And I really feel like for me, this was my first foray into fantasy. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You know, I mean, I read Roald Dahl, which is fantasy-ish, but like, if you're looking at the really sort of traditional fantasy classic tropes, you know? Yes. Like, epic, high high fantasy stuff. Like, this is this book, and I was surprised at rereading it, like, how how fantasy it is, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, it was um, it was pretty interesting. But, yeah, I feel like this was my first real entry into the fantasy genre, which is, is primarily where, um, primarily what I read anyways now. So, I feel Isn't like it? this is my 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 crack <laughs> into that world. Uh-huh. It interesting. was my drug. Interesting. <laughs> nice. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. 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 And, I mean, I don't, you were pretty young when you were reading this, and I don't think I ever said, well, this book's really long. I was just like, oh, it's so cool. Oh, um, basically, I wanted all books to be infinitely long when I was a kid. I never wanted books to end. (laughs) Nothing would make me happier if someone, if you just handed me, like, a thousand-page novel when I was, like, 12, I'd be like, great, I'm going to be busy for, like, you know, at least the next couple days. Well, that's the thing. Like, we had a lot of free time as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> we're fast readers. So if you have a 100-page book, that's we're going to burn through that. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you give us a four, 500-page book, and you're like, oh, this will take me two days. Like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, I thought, I, yeah, this book was great. Okay. So how has this book affected us as kids? Why are... Hmm. Why did you or didn't you like this book? I don't think we picked any books that we didn't like, frankly. No. I mean, yeah, that would be a weird podcast episode, actually. Yeah, <laughs> like... yeah. We picked this book. We both hated it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, just... Uh... What was your impressions of it? Or what were your feelings? I mean, definitely, like... I use the term daring do in like kind of a facetious way, but that's honestly kind of the best way to describe it. I just liked, it's just, it's so fun. There's yeah. just a ton of like action and uh, just like leaping into danger, just defending the weak. Um, yeah. It's like stuff happening all the time. Like the, the bad guys are wicked or cowardly or both. And uh, mm-hmm. um, just, it's just so fun. Also uh, you, you mentioned um, the food. The oh food description, like we, <laughs> we need to go on on about the food because like the the food descriptions in this book are are incredible. Let's talk about food. Um, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it's so oh wow! I like I don't even know how to begin, but like all the food just sounds so delicious. Um, they have I just notice a lot. Oh, mm, they do feast a lot, and yeah, they'll like talk about like steamed fish and the smell coming from it what it's been basted in and how big the fish was and they have like candied nuts and then it's mixed with all this other stuff and like it's mostly vegetarian except for fish fish yeah they do eat fish because i don't think they're sentient in this world i think it would be odd to eat a sentient creature 
There's a lot of, we should also talk about this, but there's a lot of sort of like logic questions you might ask about these anthropomorphic animals that um, the book is not interested in. <laughs> no, no. I have so many questions. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll move on to that. But, we'll um, but yeah, the food is like, like, it's an amazing thing and it makes you hungry to read it. And like, oh. I've never wanted yeah. steamed, you know, cashews or whatever it is, but like the way they describe it makes it sound so good. Yes. And um, every time that there's a meal, they don't just sit down and eat, like, you know, one dish. It's always, no. like, here's, like, a hundred dishes, and they're all passing them around and be like, oh, try this. This is so good. Or, like, oh, no, I'm still eating this. And like, Every just... meal is a Chinese wedding, you know, like a Chinese thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it totally makes sense that you'd, like, mentioned that it's a reaction against, um, like, living through uh, rationing, uh, you know, post you know, World War Two, post World War Two, because it really like it feels like a fantasy of like, what if I had as much to eat as I wanted, and it was all amazing. And um, I was with all my friends, and we were just having a great time eating all this wonderful food. Yeah, 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 yeah. So good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I thought this book was really great, too. I mean, because, you know, um, I think we it, it three Musketeers, the last episode. Um, <laughs> that book is, is, is very exciting you know like there's a lot yeah. of action going on and this book is it's a very similar as well like it is long but something's happening like every chapter and you're just like how how much trouble can these guys get into oh, like, so much trouble yeah. so much trouble there's like eels there's bats there's toads there's you know <laughs> getting chased by um, the ferrets and the stoats. There's like one scene where I was totally reminded of uh, when Legolas, Gimli, and Aragorn are like running. Oh uh, yeah, they right. do do a sort of like the um, the epic marathon, like they just run and run and run kind of. Fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was totally reminded yeah. of that scene. It's funny how you kind of see those things now, but back then I was just like, oh, a fight scene. Oh, another fight scene. Oh, they got caught. You know, like. <laughs> So uh, I think if we can kind of backtrack a little bit on to hmm. how the series kind of works. So Brian Jakes originally wrote Redwall, which chronologically takes place after Mossflower. So he wrote Redwall, which is about the abbey that they build at the end of after this book. And then he wrote about Mossflower because he realized Martin the Warrior was too awesome to not describe. So they talk about Martin the Warrior all the time in Redwall. And then they wrote Madame Mayo, which takes place after both of these books. Mm -hmm. And then, did he write Muriel of Redwall? That sounds right, yeah. And I think that one might take place after all the three books. And then, like, mm -hmm. he's written, like, 20 books or something. And the the order, it's, like, worse than the language in the wardrobe, like the Narnia series. Like, there's no order. <laughs> <laughs> the order is not yeah. the order in which they were written at all. But, like, I remember when the first three were out and we thought it was going to just be a trilogy mm. and we were like oh it's cool and then mm. muriel comes out and we're like oh she's really cool too like <laughs> there were just like a lot of really cool ones i did stop reading them probably probably about the seventh or eighth one mm -hmm. yeah i think at that time i feel like we quote unquote kind of aged out because they are <laughs> elementary junior high age yeah versus like an adult fantasy although adults could totally read it but i think most libraries carry them in the children's department which i still mm. think is weird because again they're very long for children's books yeah. the, 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 yeah. i remember them being really cool and like being really excited when another one came out yeah yeah okay 
So what did you think upon rereading it? When I first picked this book up, when I first was rereading it, and I had not read any of these books, um, certainly since high school, so quite a long time. My first, like the first couple of chapters is like, wow, like it, this is much more sort of like kind of a Saturday morning cartoon feel than I remembered. Mm. Um, and also at first it was just like, it just seems goofy that these are all like mice and squirrels and stuff. But then it, like around about like chapter three, I just like clicked into it and was just like super enjoying it again. Yeah, <laughs> It is very kind of broad in that kind of Saturday morning cartoon feel like particularly the way that um, the like the sort of lower level bad guys are all kind of like dumb and bickering with each other and like kind of just cowardly and weak and like very much like kind of um, Batman villains. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Like bad Batman <laughs> villains. <laughs> like the third tier. Specifically thinking Clock about um, like uh, like Bebop and Rocksteady. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like total tangent, but I always like for some reason felt a lot of sympathy for Shredder on that show because it just felt like, man, this guy can't win. Like, you know, like his, his, like his employees stink. suck and then he like goes home and like his boss yells at him. And like, yeah. <laughs> so anyways, that has nothing to do with anything. Um, but yeah, so it's definitely like, it's not really about any kind of like realistic or, or insightful, like sort of psychology. It's um, the very complete opposite of grimdark. This is like 0% oh, grimdark. Yeah. Um, even when things are sort of like scary or like, like maybe a bad thing is happening. Like it's, you know, everything's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. No, Noff uh, will break into a song and it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Also particularly so the um, sort of the big climactic fight uh, between Martin and, uh, and Sarmina. Uh, I remember just being like, really like on the edge of my seat reading that as a kid just like kind of um like slowing down and reading every sentence like very carefully because i was just really scared just like oh my god something's bad's gonna happen um and it's sort of like sure. martin is very badly wounded and it you're in sort of a brief amount of suspense as to whether or not he's gonna die and like as a kid i was just like oh my god don't die don't die don't die and like reading it as adult it's like he's gonna be fine he's gonna be fine <laughs> like <laughs> So definitely, like, reading it as an adult, I have more of an eye to, like, you know, these sorts of tropes. Um, yeah. What, what kind of thing is likely to happen in this kind of book. Yeah. Um, but I definitely still engage with it. And I definitely enjoyed these kind of... Um, you know what it's very similar in in uh, in tone is the um, the Disney Robin Hood movie, actually. I love that um, movie. That looks so good. <laughs> Yeah, so it's very much just like, oh, yeah, there's wicked, oppressive people, but, you know, keep your shut up. You know, we're going to fight back. We're all going to stick together. Uh, we're going to do a lot of daring do. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're going to sing songs. <laughs> like, it's good yeah. stuff. Okay, so let me let me, let me me talk about my, my thoughts here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have so many deep thoughts. Oh, let's hear them. Oh, okay. So, um, so uh, the thing is, like, um, I have the world's worst uh, short-term memory. <laughs> so I have to take lots of notes when I read. Uh, mm. Otherwise, I will not remember my thoughts. Um, so my first thing was, and this is literally the first thing I wrote, was mm -hmm. it's very descriptive, lots of vocabulary words. And again, if you think you're writing this for a fifth grade, fourth grade, sixth grade audience, mm -hmm. I mean, there is a lot of vocabulary in this. Right? Mm. 
Like they are yeah. not using, they're not dumbing this down at all. Right. Um, but the so, piece is so snappy that I don't feel like you really get hung up on any particular thing, you know, if it like, you can just sort mm-hmm. of like, like sail past you if you don't get a certain word. Yeah. And I mean, and I, I don't think like as a kid, I ever went like, man, I don't know what this means. Like either you just get it or you don't. Um, right. Also, I played D&D. And so mm. maybe that helped. Like, you know, <laughs> I know what a turret is and, you know, whatever, like these words, like vocabulary. Uh, words, like, ah, right, 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 right. right. Medieval fantasy. Right. And so uh, one of the other comments I had was, like, it's, it is a very long book. Harry Potter is often credited for making publishers see that books could be long and still be read by children. Because I think the first Harry Potter books were, like, what, two, three pages-ish. Yeah, yeah. The first and two then, were really short. Yeah, and then they get outrageously long because editing. Yeah. And so, like, Tamara Pierce has often said that she was able to write longer books because publishers were like, oh, now you could write a long book and kids will still read it. I'm like, this book came out way before Harry Potter. Yeah. But because I think it didn't have the cultural zeitgeist, you know? Sure, the, sure. The pa- publishing power. Um, right. But, I mean, so I think it's still, like, it's just my hatred of Harry Potter. Um, yeah. <laughs> but also, yeah. like, Little Women is technically for children, I guess, also, and that book's long, too. Well, so. I think this has more to do with sort of publishers, um, like having a very uh, cautious outlook as to like what's going to sell and what's not going to sell. Right. I mean, like, I don't think kids change in any way. You no. know, I think kids were always able no. to read a giant book if, if they it's enjoyed good, it. Good, right? Yeah. If, if it's yeah. good, you can always read a long book because you don't yeah, feel yeah, that yeah. it's long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that definitely had more to do with sort of marketing and sales than like you know yeah. actual changing in, in literature yeah oh i know yeah i, yeah, I, yeah. I don't I, th- I had nothing to do with kids it was just publishers are dumb oh yeah 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 <laughs> so this is the other thought was that i was reading it and like he actually got a lot of praise for the use of like regional accents and dialects oh interesting right so the voles sound like like farmers like <laughs> you know what i mean like like yeah like they're from like the west country kind of a thing right 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 which as a kid i didn't even really know what that would sound like out loud it was just like written in this sort of weird dialect spelling you know yeah and i mean in reading it's a little challenging for me even a little bit still because it it is like Mm -hmm. i have to slow down to get what they're saying because it's like very phonetic yeah, 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 yeah. And I cannot imagine how good of an ear you have to be to write that. Because reading it's already like, oh, that's how he's going to say it. But now you have to right. learn, try to spell what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, it's like train spotting, but... Uh, <laughs> it is. Yeah. Like... Less heroin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a lot less heroin. Yeah. Actually, uh, I didn't look this up, but I bet I bet there's a, there's a good audiobook version of this. I would like to hear someone doing all the voices. Oh, that would be so cool. <laughs> I should look it up. I wonder who they could get. You know, um, so Jim Dale's a very famous audiobook narrator. He did Harry Potter. Mm. He also did Peter and the Starcatchers, which is like a sequel to Peter Pan. Oh, I don't I don't know about this. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's written by Dave Barry. I don't know if it's the Dave Barry or a different Dave Barry. <laughs> um, you don't think it's related to, uh, you know, the the author of Peter Pan? That, that Barry? Oh, snap. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Nice. <laughs> no, no, it's spelled different. It's not B A R R I E. Oh, okay. B A R R Y, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a different berry. 
but uh, that narrator is actually really good, and he's British, so I wonder if he would be able to do something like that. I'd, I'd be curious to look and see if someone has done it. Um, so I just did a quick search, and uh -huh. um, there is a version that's read by Brian Jakes himself. <gasps> what? That sounds well, fun. I mean, that makes sense if he was reading to volunteer or volunteering to read to kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say that actually makes a lot of sense to me that he first like kind of thought of this as a, a book you would read out loud to children because that would be, I think, super fun. Well, it's um, so descriptive, right? Like it's yeah. very rich in in how everything is described. And so I feel like it also like every chapter like ends on a cliffhanger, you know, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was literally doing this thing actually where... Um, I was reading it before bed, and I'd yeah. be like, oh, I'll just finish the chapter, and I'd be like, oh, no, cliffhanger, I have to keep writing. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it like, still works even as an adult, yeah. So, like, spoilers, there's this one moment where you literally, like, I think the ship goes over, and they're all mm -hmm. on, and you, like, don't know if Gomp is alive. Like, Gomp? 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 Yeah, 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 Gomp just disappears for a chapter, and you're like, oh, no! Yeah, but because obviously he is... <laughs> okay, let's talk about some characters, because I love the characters. Yeah. Okay, so... Martin the Warrior is awesome. He, you're literally your first experience with him is like him beating the tar out of a bunch of um like vermin creatures, right? Yeah. And you gotta figure like yeah. okay, you think of like again the the reality of this book is insane. So he's <laughs> is he a three three inch mouse? Mm hmm. Or is he people sized? There's a lot of questions here. Um. The question of like how how absolute like how big they are in absolute terms and also how big all the animals are like with regard to each other because if you think about like a little mouse fighting not even a house cat but a wild cat like that's just that's just dumb right it's ludicrous <laughs> <It's> ludicrous <laughs> yeah <laughs> so clearly they're kind of like scaled to each other in a way you right think so? like <laughs> I always just pictured Martin fighting like a uh, like a like a skyscraper, you know. Like, <laughs> oh, really? Oh, that's funny. I just assumed that like Martin was like a fairly short human, and Sarmina was like a normal sized human. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I picture them actually like as their size because I. Oh, that's. So we yeah. started rereading um, Redwall to my students, oh. and in that. And I think this would have made a bigger difference in like helping us imagine their sizes. Is it talks about how there's this um, the main the, the main villain, Clooney the Scourge, I think is the his name. He's mm. this army of yes. rats. They're yes. on a cart drawn by a uh -huh. horse. So the horse is large enough to draw a cart, and there's like hundreds of rats on this cart. So it has to be okay. somewhat to scale. Okay, but it's not like a sentient horse, right? It's like a for some um, reason, this horse is not anthropomorphized the same way that a lot of the other animals are. So, like, in this world, <laughs> it seems like rodents, mostly, mm -hmm. are yeah. humanish. Mm. You know, and they wear clothes, and they have weapons, and they fight and talk <laughs> and cook. And, like, yeah. Yeah. like the, a lot of other animals have, don't. So, like, the horses fun. are not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah they're weirdly it's kind of like in in narnia where there's sort of like the the talking animals that are bigger and like sentient and then there's yeah. normal animals but not yeah yeah it's weird i don't know what the rule is and again i don't think he ever even bothered i think it's like um in firefly you know what i mean like it's just like techno babble here like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it doesn't matter like <laughs> yeah yeah and like star yeah. trek where they're like we need to explain things they're like we don't need to explain anything okay 
So I wrote, yeah. Martin is awesome because he's just like fighting off all this stuff. And that's literally the first opening of it, like the opening scene of him. And I wrote yeah. right after, I said, is it wrong to think a mouse is handsome? Like, <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> because he, he, he would, like, if you were to cast him, like, I'm like, oh, yeah. Let's put in, um, what are the Chris's? You know, like, <laughs> Oh my god, what? let's do fantasy casting, let's do fantasy casting. <laughs> I know, no, I think it should be Captain America, that's what I'm saying. Alright, yeah, no, I can see it, I can see it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then, um, then I wrote right after that, Noff is awesome. He's like our prototype for every rogue character we admired after, and I think that is completely true. Like, so many fantasy mm. books have kind of like this rogue character type, and I always go like, oh, they're so cool, they're so funny, I love them yeah. so much. You yeah, know, like yeah, yeah. George and the Alana books and stuff like that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're all <laughs> like this other mouse. Although I, I am like not a poetry song person, so I, I don't mm-hmm. really like that. But mm. you know, the thing. The poetry is actually kind of funny because it feels um, very old-fashioned. I feel like this is something that you used to see in um, sort of the high fantasy, epic fantasy a lot, and now you really don't. Yeah. There's a ton of this kind of stuff, like in Lord of the Rings, but especially in The Hobbit, because they're more sort of like comic songs. Um, there's like a whole, uh, I think it's in Lord of the Rings, actually. They're like the Frodo et al. thing, a whole song about how great it is to take a hot bath, which, like, it's great. Like, I don't, you're not wrong. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so there's sort of like goofy um, rhyming songs, like all throughout this book. And it just feels like that's very much out of fashion now. No, I think uh, so. Like, I mean, I bet, you know, someone could write a thesis showing the parallels between this and, like, Tolkien. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like, I mean, Hobbit. not so much Lord of the Rings, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I definitely feel like there's there's a lot of sort of the epic feel and, like, the, the way things are sort of structured, the, you know, the, yeah. the journey kind of stuff. I think there's a lot of similarities. And then um, Zarmina. Mm-hmm. So I my comment was, wow, I've been saying Tarzma. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, pronounce it like like Tsar, like a, the ruler of Russia, but I don't know. Maybe that's not how it's pronounced. <laughs> like, I mean, that's how it's spelled. Yeah, but I was literally calling the author like Brian Jacques up until like literally two weeks ago. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I only learned that like when he passed away. Like I read the, the obituary yeah. and I was like, what? <laughs> Like, I'm sorry, excuse me. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well they actually have there's another website where they have an article or like an interview with him and it's got audio clip of him saying his last name because no one knows. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But um, right. yeah, I was saying Tarzma and I, and my comment sure. was, Man, they should have taught us phonics in school. <laughs> <laughs> I have yeah. no idea how to say any words. <laughs> It's um, fine. It's, it's fine. more action yeah. and violent than I remember, which is very true. Oh, it's like, super violent. Yeah. It's violent. Like, so many people die. A body count. Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. even, I don't know if there are any other comparable children's books to how many people have died in this book. Like, it's not as graphic as, like, a lot of other books, but it's still pretty graphic. It's reasonably graphic. I mean, you do feel like, you know, it's not sort of, like, that you just sort of like hit someone and they fall down. Like you people, they they die. The um, who was the guy who got picked up by the the eagle? Uh, Ashleg. 
Or, no, wait. It, there was, it happened a couple times, actually. Right. So there's, like, this eagle who kind of hangs around um, Zarmina's um, castle, fortress, mm. dungeon, yeah. I don't know, whatever it is. It's, like, an old eagle, but it's still really scary, but the vision's not really great. But she's, like, aging, yeah. right? And so it's, like, yeah. her enemy, because she cannot wander her area safely <laughs> without right. seeing this eagle swooping up and, and, and killing her um, soldiers. And there's literally one scene where the eagle swoops down and grabs one of her captains. It's a pretty crazy fight that they have. Mm. Like, it's up in the yeah. air, and the guy yeah. is pulling out, like, swords and, like, stabbing, and then the eagle's, like, clawing it and biting. And you're like, it's like, dang, that's, that's a lot. It's, it's pretty it cool. Is. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, my, um, my memory, I didn't remember that many very specific parts of this book, but I was, I was mm. reading it, like, things would kind of come back. Mm. And definitely that eagle fight scene was something that was like, oh, yeah, this part's going to be awesome, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the one um, particular sort of, like, violent scene that I didn't blink an eye at as a kid, but, like, as an adult, I was a little bit shocked by was... Um, so there's a, this whole thing that I skipped in the summary about um, the fox Fornada, who's like this kind of like a healer slash poisoner slash sneaky person um, who kind of like sneaks into the woodlands, uh, uh, you know, the stronghold. Um, unbeknownst to her, there's like another, there's an otter that's disguised as a fox named the mask. The mask is so also cool. kind of like The mask is super, we should call it, uh, talk about the mask. But anyway, so there's a whole bunch of like double, double crossing going on. And eventually... Um, she becomes somewhat lost in the woods and then this the squirrel archers catch up with her and they basically just like execute her by firing squad mm -hmm. um which as a kid i was just like yeah just desserts and i was like wow like so it's not like in the heat of battle like they just fully like just kind of shoot her down uh, Whoa. so <laughs> but she's a traitor so oh yeah. my gosh the squirrel archers yeah i want to be a squirrel archer oh man yeah 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 so i also wanted to mention um the sort of uh, role of women or I guess female creatures in this book is quite interesting. It's like really kind of, it feels kind of transitional in yeah. that um, there's way more male characters yeah. and nearly all of the kind of like badass characters are also male, but there are a certain number of um, female characters who definitely kick ass. Yeah. And it feels like very much in that sort of place between like, um you know like all the women are like damsels, damsels in distress or like behind behind the lines versus like kind of a full you know egalitarian society yeah um, which might i think it says a lot about kind of like the maybe late 80s early 90s like where we were at <laughs> but yes true. like lady amber is like the leader of the squirrel archers and she's totally awesome and it's just like so flipping in battle like yeah <laughs> like if you ever, like, if you were going to cosplay a furry, like, cosplay yeah. Lady Amber. <laughs> She's super cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's super cool. But then you have a lot of the other women or women, female characters. Um, <laughs> female mice and female. Yeah. yeah. So, like, Columbine mm -hmm. is kind of not. She's just kind of there. She's just kind she's of just, around. She's kind of a love yeah. interest. She's just like a nice lady mice, lady she's mouse. She's supportive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's a healer. Yeah. Um, what was the like, other thing? The Oh, this was my other thing. Okay. Mm. I wish the women were more proactive. Columbine mm. is pretty passive. Bella is, okay, Bella's a badger. She's the leader of the current badgers. Yeah. yeah. Um, her father was the one who went off to the mountain. 
her husband disappeared, died? And I her think... son disappeared. Yeah. So um, her son was supposed to take over Salamander yeah, yeah. Strong, but he dis- he died. And so, yes. like, there's no one now to take over Salamander Strong. Yes. Um, but Bella is like, okay. But I, if I right. go, but all the men badgers get to do the cool stuff, like be a lord. I definitely, like, as a kid thought that also because, um, so she sort of gives the quest to Martin and his allies to, like, go to Salamander Strong and, like, seek help um, because... The, all the the male badges badges of her family like have this custom of going to Salamandra, and it was just like, what the hell, man? Like, <laughs> like, like why can't Bella go? Why can't you go? <laughs> or like, why can't you fight? Like, you're a freaking badger. Badgers are huge. Right, right, right. You yeah. Know? Speaking of scale, like a badger is like more than ten times the size of a mouse, like easily. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, I know. Badgers are mice. <laughs> They're so big. <laughs> Even England had queens. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah. Although um, I will say Bella is definitely in a position of authority. She definitely sort of like is one of the chief leaders of the animals and people listen to her. Um, she is, but she's more of like, um, she's a leader, but she's not a warrior. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's true. Um, I wrote, Lady Amber is cool, but mm. mice, not until Muriel's, we get a kick-ass female mouse. Mm, Pretty gendered true. for a fantasy world. If they were human, this would be pretty racist and sexist. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. You know, you sort of have your, like, token awesome female. I mean, again, Lady Amber makes up for a lot of stuff, but, like, yeah. the majority of the characters are, like, it's, like, 80% men. Probably more, honestly. It's, 90%. like, not quite at, like, Tolkien levels, but it's um, yeah, you definitely got pretty profound. No, um, yeah. <laughs> no, but, like, yeah, the leader of the otters is a guy. Everyone... Mm-hmm. Except for Lady Amber, I think. Pretty much. Pretty much. Of the ma- named characters, there's like, that's pretty much it. Even the uh, little, the, was it the moles? So who gets, the hedgehogs that get kidnapped? Those are all boys. Too. Oh, yeah. Those are boys. Yeah, even, those are boys. Even, even the victims that are kidnapped are boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, let's see. What else did I write? Okay, oh, I want to be called Truly the Warrior. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 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 like, how do you get that name? Like, how do you get a cool, yeah. like, uh, yeah. nickname? <laughs> so this is probably after, like, Martin had his sword broken. Who smiths for mice? Do they have their own mice smith? Unclear. Unclear. It's so unclear how this world works. It's definitely not that kind of, like, world-building, uh... Like, you could just pull out the Tough Guide to Fantasyland and just kind of, like, check off the tropes, right? Like, it's... <laughs> they briefly mentioned that, like, one of the sort of oppressive things that um, that, that Sarmina et al. are doing is sort of, like, stealing food from the Woodlanders, but yeah. uh, they sort of mentioned farms in a hand-wavy way, but it's, like, not clear where they're getting all this delicious food. Like <laughs> That's true, right? Like, yeah. I'm assuming... I mean, they talk about fishing in another book, but, like, the fish right. are, like, fish-sized. They're fish-sized. Yeah. Which means, like, my, how does a mouse fish up, like, essentially a dolphin? You know, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bigger, probably. It's like fishing up, like, a killer whale. Yeah. Um, right? Yeah. Yeah. The otters are taking care of that. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, like, who is forging, like, all of the spears and armor and stuff that, like, the weasel army has? Like, like it's, <laughs> it's not that kind of a book. <laughs> no, it's really not. It's really not. They're not gonna. Ex- they're not going to explain it. Um, do the hedgehogs are adorable. Where are they going? Don't leave. And then yeah. I have the little smack face <laughs> emoji. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
But the hedgehogs are so cute. Like, I, I think I forgot how cute they were. <laughs> they are adorable, and I love them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, this is yeah, my best comment ever. So why do all rats and other vermins have terrible names like Split Nose? Their parents have a baby and think, yeah, he's going to be a villain. Let's call him Grumpface. Like, <laughs> well, obviously, because um, <laughs> this is weird. Actually, getting into the weird five Tolkien, like, um, fantasy racism is, like, basically foxes, stoats, weasels, uh, wildcats. Most but not all predators are evil. Yeah. And then, like, mice, hedgehogs, otters, squirrels, badgers are good. Yeah. That's just how it is, guys. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, Ginger Beer is a very rare exception. Yes. Because he is peaceful. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I think he literally becomes a gentleman farmer at the end of the he book. Gentleman farmer? Really? He is. <laughs> and he finds, a, he finds a similarly non e uh, lady wildcat to marry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he found the only <laughs> one left. Yeah, that was lucky. <laughs> He's very lucky. He found him fast, too. I don't think he was, like, even, like, two months. Like, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is sort of, I think, where it ties into my idea of, like, it's kind of, it's kind of racist. Because it's if you were to plug in an analog of, like, a culture... Oh, that would be extremely bad. <laughs> right? Like, when you think of it in terms of, like, animal species, it's kind of terrible. But if you were to say, like, you know, so-and-so are... English nobility and the yeah, bulls are right. the country people and right. you know, blah 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 and you're like oh this can go downhill really fast very very quickly yeah 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 you know and so like <laughs> I think it's kind of crazy that basically it's there's one of the books where basically the primary character is one of these vermin species I think he might be a ferret Ooh. and you're like oh finally we're gonna get a ferret hero no no he tries Oh no! <laughs> and fails. He tries to overcome his like racial uh, destiny. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, tries, fails, goes back to being a bad guy, and only semi redeems himself by dying to save his like friend, like the one oh, person who believed bleak. in him. That's bleak. Yeah, it is. And so people asked Brian Jakes. They were like, "Will you ever have one of the like a rat?" hero and they're like no like it's black and white like this is you know mice are good guys rats are bad guys but like it just it just cracks me up because i'm like i'm a i'm a i'm a i'm a rat mommy and oh this boy i'm gonna call him grub face <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah it's true there's terrible yeah. names he's gonna be yeah. a bad guy <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That's that's my dream for them as they age. So. Yeah, I was about to kind of like some sort of fix it fic like it's just like you know you're a, a ferret and you like join the evil army and you're like oh like my name's like no silver cloud they're like no it's not like now it's no ugly nose or whatever like, like butt face or something right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, clearly not clearly they're just like well we're rats we're bad you have a bad name. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's so <laughs> much betrayal and backstabbing and laziness yeah. among the villains. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah. It's like every Batman villain. I'm like, they're gonna betray you. Yeah. Why yeah. would you ever choose to be a villain? You're gonna get backstabbed. And also, it's like uh, um, <clears throat> constant backstabbing and like, you know, bickering among themselves is like literally makes them pretty incompetent you know if they like would just get in line they would be just more much effective at doing evil yeah 
you well, just can't do it. Well, they're all chaotic evil. Like, if you're going to yeah, use, yeah, like, yeah. D&D alignments, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all chaotic evil. They have no sense of law or honor. Right. Even, <laughs> like, a broken honor system, they have nothing. Right, right, right. Yeah, right? They don't have any discipline. Everybody yeah. is out for themselves. Yeah, yeah. You know, you need to be like Vader. Like, you have to be evil, but with a with an honor code. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. That's how you build an empire. <laughs> <laughs> all right spoken spoken like a true um you know first uh, like. you know i mean there's a reason why we've taken over a couple of times <laughs> so yeah i mean i think it's, it's kind of strange like okay so the evil fox i think her fortuna something like that fortuna, yeah i don't know how it's said but anyways it looked like fortuna to me she yeah, meets fine. Mask, who is awesome, and we need to talk about Mask more. Mask yeah. is an otter, apparently missing a tail. My question was, did he remove his tail? Or oh, did he dark. Lose it? Dark, yeah. I know. Because if he had an otter tail, like, you could, it's more recognizable, right? Yeah. But he has, like, fake tails that he puts on, and he has, like, fake clothes and fake, like, prostheses to look like different yeah, species. Yeah, yeah. So he pretends to be another fox, whose name mm-hmm. is Patchcoat? Patchcoat. Patchcoat. Patchcoat is awesome. Max is, Max is awesome. <laughs> but in this world where everybody is literally going to try to kill you, Fortuna seems to trust Mask awfully quickly. And I was yeah, like, this um, is your downfall. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It, 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 it seems like um, she's looking for like a shifting allegiance, you know? Like, yeah. uh, so uh, we didn't really mention this, but Sarmia is like, a little bit crazy and kind of gets crazier as the book goes on. Like she has this pathological fear of water. I mean, she's a cat, um, but she kind of falls into these like Lady Macbeth, like kind of just like fits of, you know, rubbing her paws and, and, and murmuring about water and just kind of like losing it a little bit. Um, oh no, she's, she's full on. Like the blood is everywhere at the end. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I mean, like you could see as the premonition of how she will in fact die. Yeah. Uh, you can see the for- Fortunata or whatever, you know, let's just say Fortuna, um, yeah. is like kind of looking for another, uh, you know, another person Career? to sign on with. <laughs> they do a little bit say like, hey, listen, like, actually, there's this really cute little, like, um, let me find it. They have this cute little motto when the two sort of like outlaw foxes meet each other and they have this little little rhyme that they say about how like, oh, yeah, like we can trust each other because we know we're both trying to screw each other. So we can like rely on that. <laughs> like. Yeah, it's weird. It. It's really cute. Um, yeah, talk talk more about Mask while I look it up. Yeah, so Mask is, I believe, like, was he like the brother of the Otter Leader or something like that? They know each other. I'm not really sure how how they do. Yeah, but he's like a prominent Otter person, and essentially, I think he's like James Bond. Like he's a spy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and he infiltrates stuff like yeah, he's totally a spy. Yeah, and so they need him to kind of infiltrate the castle because they're trying to save the two hedgehogs that were captured at the beginning of the book and Gingivere because they got they you know they managed to sneak Martin and Ganoff out in the beginning, but later but Gingivere is imprisoned by his sister after his father dies or right. is murdered. Yeah, he is, um, he is- for his murder, yeah. Yeah, and they capture these hedgehogs so they want to try to lure the woodlanders out. But, you know, Gingerbeer is uh, no dummy, and so 
he kind of knows what's going to happen. He also realizes that they literally are just trying to leave him in the dungeon. They're just ignoring him. Like, they're yeah. just going to leave him to rot. Yeah. Um, like, he almost doesn't exist. And so... They're not allowed to say his name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so he, the two hedgehog chitlins are left on either side of him. And so he actually, like, you know, um, like, almost, like, gets a spoon and, like, digs around the grout yeah. <laughs> of this moldy yeah. old castle and, like, gets a hole big enough for them to squeeze through and he actually basically like takes care of them hmm. and when the Zarmina is looking for them she's like how have they vanished and it's because he literally put them in a bag in his <laughs> cell because they're not even looking yeah. in his cell yeah they just see that their two cells are empty yeah, but they have to get them out because you can't leave them there forever like eventually they were going to get caught or they run out of food or you know yeah. And Zarmina would go more insane and try to kill everybody, so they were like, how do you get them out? So Mask is kind of what they use to infiltrate the castle. A lot of this plan involves basically flooding their, the castle. I think they right. said it was built in kind of a depression, which is terrible. And I think I literally wrote this. Like, you don't write, you don't build your castles in a depression. You build them on a hill. Like, yeah. tactics. Fine, guys. Disease exactly. stuff. <laughs> and so they're they're trying to divert water from the river yeah into underground tunnels to flood the basement so zarmina who's already kind of weird about water constantly hears this trickle of water and you're yeah. and you're not really sure is she actually hearing the trickle of water because her hearing might be really good or is it yeah. just madness yeah you know it's both yeah. it's both <laughs> dun 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 it's really good yeah did you find your thing I did. Let's so um, here uh, the disguised Pashcoat like finds Fortunata like sort of in the woods and basically you know they are sort of like ah I don't trust you I don't trust you and they're like well you know uh, let's join forces uh, we're we're both you know we're both bad guys uh, and so they uh, I, I read um, Left Paw met Left Paw as they intoned the ritual of villains shake paws count your claws you steal mine I'll borrow yours watch my whiskers check both ears robber foxes have no fears. Yeah, it's pretty good. So basically, yeah, it's like, listen, we're both evil. We'll both screw each other if we get a chance. But since we're kind of both trying to do it at the same time, we're like balanced so we can work together for now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would I would not do it. What was it? My, my comment was, she just trusts another evil looking character. Evil people always kill each other. Join nice people and abuse them instead. Less danger. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's and then I wrote, yeah. Fortune of the Fox, it's a trap. Everyone is too gullible and greedy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. I think that was at the very <laughs> end. Like, he was like, oh, there's going to be a thing. We're going to be fine. And that was the, literally the trap where all the, the, like, the otters all have javelins. The squirrels have their bows. Yeah. Um, like, I literally, I was D&D partying everybody. Mm -hmm. So squirrels <laughs> are like 100% like elf archers. Yes. Yeah. 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 So then after um, the mask uh, basically tricks Fortunata and gets her killed, um, he then infiltrates Kotir and like basically, um, uh, so basically they're running out of like, kind of like middle managers because the sort of the captains keep getting killed. Yeah, they do. Um, so he comes in and basically says like, hey, you know, I'm this outlaw fox from far away. I'm like super awesome. Like if you put me in charge of your soldiers, like I'll whip them into shape and we'll finally like crack down on these woodlanders. And Sarmina's so like, you know, everyone around me is incompetent. You sound like you know what you're doing. Like, come on in here. But uh, of course, he is, he is not a fox. He is a, a disguised otter. And uh, um, 
is is only there to help uh, spring Ginger Bear and the two hedgehogs out of dungeon. So there's this uh, super dramatic scene where they're like, you know, sneaking out and uh, someone actually like steps on the mask's tail, like thinking just to like kind of as a, just a, like a, a prank, just a like, oh, this prank. Guy, I think yeah. it's no good. Yeah. But the tail comes right off and he doesn't even notice. And then everyone like freaks out because he's not a real fox and then just everything kind of goes to hell. And uh, the, the mask ends up heroically dying to save uh, these three captives. It made me so sad. So sad. It's very sad. He dies in a very kind of like sad, tragic way. You know, they um, could have totally written a prequel to what the mask did beforehand. I don't think they ever did. No, it's not really clear why. He's kind of like this weird outsider figure anyway. And it's not really clear why. Um, he's like, as if he's almost like a little bit bad because he can pretend to be these bad like people. It's really, it's kind of weird. It's very interesting. It's a very interesting character. And his name is not like everyone else's names. Like you have your villain names, which are sort of like, you know, like whatever. They're just these horrible, horrible <laughs> great yeah, names. Yeah. <laughs> and then like your good guys are like named after flowers or like have real people names or whatever generally. Yeah. And then his name is for like a good guy, like a like a hero character is Mask. I'm but assuming that's a fake name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, I don't think he was born. It's like, oh, I bet you're gonna be like really good at disguises. Uh, Here you in, go, in Potter. Like, <laughs> yeah, but I think it was yeah. interesting. Mm. Yeah, he's an interesting character. Yeah. Um, so. And then, of course, this just contributes to uh, Tarmina's like Lady Macbeth kind of like mental because she's like, oh, like everyone's conspiring against me. Like, are you really who you say you are? Like, let me pull on your tail and make sure it's not a fake tail. And everyone's like, oh my god, like the queen is losing her mind. Like, I mean, but there's <laughs> justification, definitely. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. But it's definitely, like, she's becoming yeah. more and more unstable. Yeah. You know, what was interesting was I actually, when I was rereading this, um, I was picturing a lot of the scenes of the Wildcats with, you know, Gingerbeer and Zarmina and Verduga. I pictured, like, the deathbed scene in Stardust. Oh, interesting. Okay. Right? So, have you read it yeah. or seen it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we yeah. watched it together. <laughs> Did we? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have no memory. Sort of watching it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I have both read and seen it. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but like, it's like this totally like kind of backstabby family and like the king is dying and he's got yeah. like rival children, you know, yeah. and you have one that's like less evil. <laughs> so that's kind of, yeah. like, that's what reminded me of anyways. I was just like picturing like a Peter O'Toole, you know, <laughs> for Duke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a, um, I don't know if there's a name for this trope, but I always kind of enjoy it when there's like sort of the evil family and there's the one who's like not that evil and they all hate him because he's not that evil. <laughs> like <laughs> That's true. I don't know what that's called. But yeah. it's totally but it's, a thing. It's, it's definitely a trope. It's definitely a thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously. Yeah. It's good stuff. <laughs> um, okay, so let's see. Okay. I got I to talk about like the names are really terrible. Um, Logalog. Yeah. So as a kid, I hated that name. I remember just being like, I don't like you. Your name's dumb. Like, <laughs> I still don't like it. <laughs> yeah, it's not a good name. It's not. The character is actually very interesting. Um, he was a vole, right? He is a shrew. Shrew. Yeah. yeah. So on this journey, they encounter like a billion characters, Martin Knopf yeah. and Dinny. I don't know what Dinny's yeah. there for. Like, I feel like Dinny's like the worthless D&D character. He's kind of there because you need three. Like, two is not enough. But yeah. he doesn't serve a whole lot. Yeah. He doesn't really serve much of a purpose. I would say he's there for comic relief, but like, Gomp is kind of comic relief. So I guess he's just like different comic relief. I don't know. Gomp is better comic relief. It's true. Yeah. So 
Um, <laughs> it's sort of strange, but like, uh, yeah, Logalog they run into, and he's like basically. Oh gosh, let's talk about the let's talk about Salamander Strong. I think we have to talk about that. We we've not oh, talked yeah, about yeah. it. Oh yeah, yeah, we have not talked about that yet. Yeah, it's such a crazy concept. <laughs> <laughs> So there's like this mountain where the badgers live, but not yeah. really, but they go to live there and it's this big mountain. And so again, that's where Bella's father went and all of her badger ancestor men went. And that's where we they're trying to go, to go get boar. There's like this whole journey and they're going there and it's like super dangerous. And then they get there and they find out boar's been in this sort of like seasons long struggle with sea rats? Rats. Pirate, pirate rats? Yeah, which um, I just realized pirates? that like he somehow managed to not call them pirates, which I don't know how you missed that, but okay, like <laughs> it's okay. But it's not a punny book. <laughs> it's not a very punny book, actually. It's which kind of kind of uh, remarkably because it is sort of like broad and and a little bit um kind of like humorous, but yeah, it's not a punny book. <laughs> no, no, it's not punny. Like yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's like this. They have this huge pirate ship full of of like sea rats and um yeah, and they're I, slaves. And they're yeah. like slaves. And I think uh, Logalog, his it, like his village was like ransacked, I guess, and they took mm-hmm. a bunch of slaves. And I think he was an escaped slave, and he used to be the leader of of his village or something. But he's got yeah. four ex slaves with him. It's a whole thing, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, essentially, they're on this really long journey. There's so many things going on. There's elves, <laughs> there's eels, there's bats. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. But they are found by rabbits. Hares. Yes, hares. Yes. I don't think they ever call them rabbits, do they? They're not. Well, hares and rabbits are different. What? Yeah. It's a different, different species. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are hares bigger? Yes. They're not the same species? No. What? Really? Wow, it's blowing my mind. It's blowing my mind. Yeah, we're okay. learning so much. Yeah, I am learning so much. <laughs> Don't they look almost identical? They're like they look like big rabbits, but they're I guess they're different species. Um, I know this because of Watership Down. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good book, y'all. I don't know why I can't get people to read Watership Down. It's good. Uh, yeah. Because I was I watched the cartoon. It was traumatized. I know, I know, I know. I've never seen the cartoon. The book's so traumatizing. Anyway, I well, I understand that it's a it's pretty you know it's intense. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so they encounter these um, these hares who talk about like as sort of these uh, like English aristocrats in World War One, <laughs> like <laughs> or Georgians, <laughs> maybe. Like, oh, what hole, chap? Like oh, rough dues. Let's like <laughs> yeah, yeah, like um. I remember we watched the Madness of King George. I remember they were like, "What, what?" Like that's what I pictured. <laughs> and also, um, there's three of them, and they all talk in turn. <laughs> yeah, they're they're incredibly humorous. I don't think they even need names. They have names, but I don't remember them. They really have them, but they're it's very funny. Like the way they the way they talk. And so then later you yeah. meet three lady rabbits who are also great warriors. No, the great warriors. And the lady rabbits are also great warriors, and they make fun of the three male rabbits for talking like that. <laughs> it's great. It's great. They make fun of each other. Yeah. yeah. But in but, that kind of cartoon sense, now they're all going to get married at the end or something. Yeah. Oh, I know. Like, totally will. <laughs> they match up. Yeah. 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 It's like the chipmunks and the chipettes. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> 
exactly. Um, and so they meet four. Yeah. And this is my comment about four. Four is so dramatic. No one can know but me. Oh yeah, this I also spoke so your name on the final blow. Right. As a kid, I was just like, oh, so cool. And I was just like, wow, guy, like pretty emo. Like <laughs> he's so emo. He's like this sort of tragic figure even before he dies. Like he's just like, oh, this is my destiny. Like, and there's it turns out there's this um secret hall with carving, like mm-hmm. foretell the future. Like there's a carving of Martin before he even gets there. Yeah. And he's like, this is this is he will let people go to see these prophetic carvings. Um and it turns out it's because like his own death has been foretold and he doesn't want the others to know. Yeah. Super emo. He's like Batman, you know what I mean? Like yeah, 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 my yeah, destiny. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> you're just like wow guy like um then we're we all fight evil and stuff like <laughs> yeah like not this is all emo <laughs> i was like reading this and then like there's this the sea rats finally the pirates finally come <laughs> and sorry <laughs> like they're gonna leave to go back and fight and he's like no i can't the pirates are here like i gotta go fight yeah. them and he dies in this epic battle and like there's a like a swarm of pirates pirate yeah. rats like overcoming him but he's finally taken out their leader or whatever and i'm just like this timing is crap this is crap timing <laughs> <laughs> like literally if they left the day before they would have been fine like right 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 but again, I think he he is like it's been foretold, so he like knows he must fulfill fulfill his destiny or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I was I was frustrated. I'm like they went all the way over there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. To go if they get just, like to help them. By like two days, they would have been screwed. <laughs> yeah, and then um, but Bor is not only the Lord of Sound and Destron, but he is also a blacksmith. Yes. And he reforges Martin's sword that Zarmina broke at the beginning of the, the book yeah. out of a meteorite. Of course. This is the only thing that swords can be made of, by the way. I'm like, it's so epic. Like, it's so yeah. Yeah, dramatic. Right. Oh, your sword is made of metal from Earth? Uh, lame. No, like, no. Extraterrestrial <laughs> metal. metal. Yeah. We only have one chunk of it. We don't know what the properties are. <laughs> but we know it'll right, make a right, good right. sword. Yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously, it's good stuff. Um, I, I will say, though, like, for all that we're a little bit, as adults, rolling our eyes at this, there's a scene where um, after the sword has been reforged, you know, he, he gives it to Martin, and Martin is, like, kind of testing it out and just, like, twirling it around, and, like, the blade is, like, singing in the air, and he's just, like, howling to the winds, like, Sarmina, like, I'm coming for you. And it was just like, oh, so cool. Like... <laughs> so cool i mean if this was people it would be so epic you know it's like that yeah yeah, like that one part of like what conan the warrior or something that when he's swinging the sword on the the hilltop you know like exactly like that he's like oh it's so cool yeah (laughs) no it is i mean it's like i mean okay so i did not watch alien until Mm -hmm. i was an adult like i was like 30 when i saw alien and I'd always heard that it was a super scary movie, like it was it yeah. was this great, great, great movie. And I liked it. But people were like, yeah. What did you think? And I was like, huh? And they were like, What? And I'm like, you know, it's so so classic that it's been copied by so many other movies that I have seen. 
Yeah, that's unfortunate. So I it, love Alien, by the way, but like, I do know what you mean. Right? So like a lot of those, yeah. again, tropes, it's a horror movie, right? Set in space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a lot of those tropes exist in other films, and so it's no longer had that impact because it's been copied to death. And I yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. feel like this with this book as well, it's, at the time, of course, we're yeah. children, but also I think a lot of these ideas we've read in mm. dozens of books since oh, then. Yeah. And so yeah. now we can go like, oh my gosh, like the singing thief, you know, like the right, right, right. Lord, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I also think as a kid, like your um your tolerance for repetition is just much higher. Like because oh, yeah. I mean we we've talked about how we reread our favorite books over and over and over, but I feel like if you just said like, you know, here's a fantasy novel that's basically like Moss Flower but it's a little bit different. I'd be like, that's fantastic. That's exactly what I want in this world. Like I could just read this all day, every day. Yeah. And as an adult, you're just like, all right, I see where this is going. Like, <laughs> well, like, I mean, series books are super popular with kids because they kind of know what they're going to get. You know, you have the same characters, you get the same type of jokes, you have the same type of uh, plot yeah. points, the action hits at the same part of the book. It's going to be, you know, one third in, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, you like that familiarity. I mean, even yeah. if you watched cartoons, okay, say, say you have a, a show that has less than 100 episodes, right? And it's on rotation. Mm. You can watch basically on rotation every four months, you would see the same mm -hmm. episodes. Yeah. And yet we did. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, how many times yeah. have you seen Rescue Rangers, right? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, kids, kids love repetition. I think kids find it really comforting. Um, and I think also just kids have like their experiences of the world is just so much less than adults that like I feel like knowing how something is going to turn out is almost like a slightly novel experience <laughs> like, you know like your whole life is kind of weird and confusing and you're not really in charge of it you know like but I, I just feel like um, things that originality is not something that kids are super concerned about <laughs> no it's not not it, it's like so Diary Ruby Kids super popular so they wrote a book that's um Dork Diaries, which is not the same author, but it's kind of similar. And like everyone's trying to replicate that feel that, you know, like what's the next Harry Potter going to be? What's the next Dork Diaries going to mm -hmm. be? What's the next Rick Reardon, you know? Right, right. But, like they, they don't, they aren't looking for the brand new type of book. Yeah. Um, oh, this is my other question. This is a fun question. Where did they get milk from? Uh, I also had this question and then I decided I wasn't going to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Because yeah, they eat a lot of like delicious, you know, cream on their maple tarts and cheese. like their cheese. And I was just like, where are you getting that? <laughs> yeah. I was like, from each other? Let us not think about it. Does someone <laughs> climb a cow? <laughs> Climbs a cow. I know we have to climb a cow. They're so small. <laughs> I don't know. So many questions. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Do not think upon it. Do not think upon it. <laughs> okay, let's not go more. Okay. Um, yeah. This whole thing could be redone with people and be more epic than Game of Thrones. I really do think it would be more epic, than, like less rapey. Um, but, <laughs> but like yeah, the true. action scenes are super exciting, and like there is a lot yeah. of really great drama in this. You know, and, like family yeah. drama, yeah. and you know, like they have plots and then they fail, and they're like, oh my gosh, like the it failed the flood. What are we gonna do? You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just gonna say that, like, uh, we're talking about, like, uh, you know, casting this onto D and D terms, but there's a lot of um, kind of like tactics. The battles are a little bit tactical. Like, uh, they'll oh, yeah. 
they'll have a plan and the plan will go like maybe 75% well and then something will go wrong and then there will be like a counter plan. Yeah. Um, it's not so much like a whole bunch of people in a field just like, you know, fighting each other. There's, there's, there's tactics and it's really fun. Yeah. <laughs> when they're trying to flood the castle, you know, um, they can't get the water to divert into these tunnels that they've built properly. And I think they said they have to try to dam up the river. And they're like, but this is a huge river. How are we going to dam this up? And mm. so they literally talk about sinking the ship. And I'm like, how big is the ship? Yeah, that's also a bit unclear. Uh, right? Yeah. But like, there's so much going on. This is not just a simple, they flood the river and it's fine. You know, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even the fact that they they spend like chapters and chapters of like building this intricate set of tunnels and like shoring it up and there's all these moles who are like ex- exchanging like mole wisdom about how to build tunnels and then like doesn't work yeah. which is pretty amazing yeah <laughs> and then they finally figure out when they when you know Martin et al get back on the ship they're like oh we could use the ship to uh to dam up the river and that finally is what kind of tips the balance and gets the enough water shunting into the tunnels it's super cool yeah <laughs> no it is it is super interesting like I, I just like how they really, it's not just simple, you know. Okay. Mm. So that was our thoughts on rereading it. <laughs> right. Actually, wait, I want to mention one thing also, yeah. um, which is like, you, you say about how this would be a super epic book if it was about people, which is true. But I also feel like as a kid, the fact, if you had said like, would you like this book better if it was people? I'd be like, like absolutely not. Like, I really want to be animals, which is really weird. But like, as a kid, you know, I really liked animals and sort of didn't get along with people too well. Like, I think a lot of kids. So I think if you just said, like, oh, like, well, what if Martin was, like, a human being? And I'd be like, no, I would like Martin to be a mouse, please. Like, <laughs> I don't know why that is, but it's true. You like, don't want a Chris to play Martin? <laughs> no, I want a mouse. <laughs> mouse. No, no mouse Chris. <laughs> no mouse Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think um, my thought was, uh, you know, I mean, like, now you could do it. Back then, it would have had to have been a cartoon. Yeah. So, I mean, but I mean, like, you know, I mean, like, it's for me, I think the thing is that it's epic enough to be a series of movies or a really great TV show, like, on yeah. like on HBO, right? I totally agree there. Yeah. Cause also, I think the lot. fact that it's a book and not a visual medium means that you can kind of, like, hold the idea that they're animals in your head without being like kind of confronted with the reality of it. <laughs> Where they get milk from. <laughs> they're getting milk from, exactly. <laughs> You're like, oh, well, they're mice. It's fine. They're rabbits. It's cool. They're hares. Yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? They even talk about like, um, if you're talking about like these vermin animals, like most of them are, again, predators. So, I mean, what are they eating? Yeah, I mean, like having hundreds of ferrets in one place is a really bad you know that's not how ferrets enjoy to live like <laughs> yeah. and then like if you have a fox foxes eat birds and mice and stuff you're like oh it's gonna meet martin you know like <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 so yeah. that was interesting um this yeah. is a question i wanted to ask uh, yeah. oh i said my thought was this book wraps up really well but my question is do not kids become mr church mouse because later in the series, that church that he finds a home in to settle down with Columbine? Yes. The in Redwall, that family that there's a family of mice that live in that church. Mm-hmm. It's Mr. Church Mouse and um, his family. And yeah. they're poor. Because mm-hmm. I don't really think of Noth as having much of a job. 
Well, uh, at the very end, it says that Columbine has gotten him to given up thieving. So I guess he doesn't have any like profession anymore. <laughs> you got, what, what, what skills do you have aside from like breaking up to poetry and song and thieving? Yeah, he's just a just a sort of a bar now. It's uh, <laughs> not really lucrative. Yeah, because they never say what Nalt's last name is, right? That's true. Yeah, he could just become the church mouse. Um, and Redwall takes place quite a long time after this book. Like that yeah. book, basically, Martin is a legend, right? And right. they're looking for his sword in order to fight off the bad guys. So it's not like three generations later. It's yeah, probably yeah, yeah, yeah. more, much more than that, you know. No, but it seems, it seems, I mean, it, like, it seems the kind of thing that, like, the author put it in there for a reason, you know, like, he just randomly mentioned that there's this random church. I would also just briefly note that we have this, um, I feel like epic fantasy often has this issue where they want to do sort of, like, romanticize medieval Europe, but they're not particularly interested in Christianity. So here we have a, um, you know, a mount, a, a, a church that is, yeah. has a saint that's, like, you know, it's named after, and there's a whole, um, abbey the whole order of of mice yeah um not really clear that they're actually like Christian. christians or like what their religious beliefs are or i mean columbine gets married she clearly hasn't taken any like vow of celibacy or anything but it's fine it's fine it's fine no it is it is super interesting so like again because we started reading i didn't reread the entirety of redwall but like the mm -hmm. beginning it's in an abbey which is generally yeah. a religious yeah building and there's like order. you know brothers and an abbot and like religious yeah. friends yeah yeah and like they're monks right monks. yeah and novices and yeah all these other you know very religious terms they pray yeah i think they even say amen but like mm. they, to like it's unclear as to what god right <laughs> they're right. praying to right yeah mm. yeah raising all kinds of theological questions you know like what kind of anthropomorphic animal was jesus you know just like yeah. <laughs> what is and i i wonder if that is i don't know again i don't i don't know the exact i'm not i'm no theologian here but you know mm -hmm. i mean i think the way americans perceive religion is very different from the way british people might perceive religion mm. um because right. we have, or we're supposed to have anyways, a very specific delineation between mm -hmm. church and state, right? right? And so you would not have, you know, our leader of our country, in theory, you know, making religious proclamations. Right. And their their leader is literally the head of their church. Right. As well. Right. And so I think even though I don't think people in, the, in Britain are terribly religious i think actually americans are overall more religious mm -hmm. i mean there's studies on that like secularism yeah. mm -hmm. but i think the idea of religion may permeate just general being more right right because you don't have that separation right right, right. Um, you know there's there's maybe a, a vicar or an abbot or like some sort of like religious figure in your community and like maybe you go to like your church services on sunday and it's kind of like um the, the way that it's integrated into your community is almost more important than the actual sort of like theological underpinnings it's just like this is something we do as a community you know we like we go to these services we sing these songs there's like we have a we have a you know local priest person who's in charge of it yeah um we're not really thinking about like, you know, like what exactly is is 
you know, God doing like at this particular moment. I don't know. We're, we're yeah. kind of making this up as we go along, but I, I, I do think there's more a sense of like communal tradition as opposed to yeah. like this very individual relationship with like, yeah. what does Jesus want me to do right now kind of feeling. Right. But if you compare yeah. like, say, which block your pond, but which block your pond, like the religiousness permeates their culture. Like permeates Right. Society. Because they're, uh, um, they're in like sort of a new sect, right? They're Puritans, yeah. which means they're different than like Church of England. They're super hardcore. And like, I guess to tie it to a, a previous podcast, Kit, who's Anglican, which is uh, the, the British new Catholicism without Pope, is much more seemingly like lax about her 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 faith mm-hmm. than, yeah. the, than, than all the Puritans are. So yeah, I, mean, yeah, yeah. I yeah. maybe feel like is kind of tying it back to Brian Jakes and, you know, the Britishness of this book. You know, mm. it's maybe it's just assumed, like, sure, they're Christian. Like, why, why wouldn't you be ever <laughs> a Christian? Like, it's just right. Christian right. Is, is, is what it is. And it's just that that's our culture. That's how it is. But, like, we don't need to, like, you know, stick it in your face, you know? Right, right. And also, I think it's a little bit, it feels to me like, um, you know, like, as a white American who is not religious, but still like my family does Christmas every year, you just feel like, well, we're just going to keep the parts that we like, you know, we're going to still um, maybe have a church bell, or we're going to like have have prayer or song or like the sort of like, you know, things that make sense to us as traditions, but we're not super concerned about like the theological background. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I think maybe Brian Jakes is like, you know, like, it's this is this is stuff that I would like to retain in my world. Um, I really don't want to go into this whole debate as to whether like mouse Jesus and mouse God and the mouse Holy Spirit are like three mice <laughs> turning mouse, you know? Like, the mouse Trinity. Like... <laughs> I mean, like, clearly we're reading way deep into this because he doesn't oh, even yeah. explain like how big are they? Like how does this work? <laughs> right, like, right, right. In, in a in a mouse birth you would not have one you would have like <laughs> plus true actually like, very small. yeah yeah so many so many questions right right yeah oh, i would also say that my um, other question this is a deep question yeah. how long do they live another great question i do not know because i was about to say there's like oh it went, there were like hundreds of years between like the events of Maslar and the events of, of redwall but it's like that's like mice live for three years like hundreds of on years the, would be like 200 generations or something like yeah yeah yeah, crazy. yeah. <laughs> and like a season they people would live through like three seasons yeah yeah it'd be like oh man like i remember winter winter was crazy like <laughs> i remember one winter ago man <laughs> yeah it's like oh i hope i get to see winter someday like <laughs> well that was okay so in the second book again uh, we have a rare ball but like they talk about the mm-hmm. um, summer of the late rose and how that mm-hmm. summer is like extraordinarily hot and long and so there's this mm-hmm. old mouse in the abbey and he remembers several it has been like this in many 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 years and i'm like how old is this guy <laughs> yeah unclear is unclear. it like the sims where you know you have a season in a month like you go through the whole cycle of seasons in a in a, in a month like yeah. yeah one season in the sims is set as default to seven days because like yeah. 365 sims days it takes a really long time yeah 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 did you play breath of the wild no i haven't played it so good but um so it's you know it's like quasi like real time like one minute of play is like one hour in like the game world oh um 
but it took me a long time to realize it because there's a like there's a full moon event like all the the enemies respond every full moon Mm -hmm. um the lunar cycle is like a variable but b no longer than 14 days and i was just like what (laughs) like (laughs) what's going on in hyrule like (laughs) (laughs) i guess it's also like the game of thrones uh, seasons they're totally variable they can be like at at, at any any length you know yeah three years long summers or whatever Sure, sure, sure. Like, yeah. No, the beginning of Game of Thrones, like, it's been summer for like fourteen years. I know. And then I'm like, how long is your winter gonna be? Like, you would all be dead. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. I don't know. That's ridiculous. Good stuff. Mm. Anyway, so who the hell knows is that? (laughs) (laughs) But I was gonna say, like, so obviously we're annoying nerds who like nitpicking things. It's super fun to do that. But also, like, the book works, even though none of this stuff makes any sense, right? Like, you still super enjoy it. Um, Yeah. I was not, like, having to suspend my belief a whole lot. Especially once I got past, like, maybe the first 30 pages. Like, I was in it. I was not being like, wait a minute, in a way that, like, actually interfered with my enjoyment of this book. No, no, no. I mean, like, I feel like I wrote really nitpicky notes because I kind of had to. But, like, it's, like, really fun. It's so fun. it's a fun book. Yeah. Um, so we clearly noticed a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Do you like it better or worse now? Do you think it holds up? So I would definitely say that I liked it better as a kid, but mm-hmm. I did enjoy it, and I do think it holds up. Yeah, I think I think I can agree with that. I I feel like when you read it as a kid, I think because you have I had fewer experiences in this genre. Mm, you yeah. Know? Like, it was just like, wow, I've, I don't, I literally had never read anything like this because I have still never Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit. Don't at me. Um, yeah. <laughs> Trust me, guys, I've been adding her for years. It doesn't work. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, like, I had never read those books. So for me, this was just like such a new experience. And now, of course, since then, I've read other books that are similar may have done it better but still it was like for this was like the first time you know and there's nothing like your first time reading like this kind of epic fantasy you know yeah Uh, i feel like compared to a lot of the other books i was reading at this time this was probably the most sophisticated book i had read interesting okay when you think about it like i read babysitter's club Mm -hmm. i was reading bfg a lot mm-hmm. of like little, like Little House on the Prairie, mm-hmm. like those books were not very complex, mm. right? They're very straightforward books. They might be long, but mm. they don't have the the huge cast of characters. They don't have the the tightly wound plots. They don't have the you know backstabby finally family dynamics. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. They, 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 they're they're much more like quote typical children's books i mean i think like this book was like wow but then you know you get older and you're like reading like you know the lies of lock lamora and that book is ridiculously good have you read Wait, that, 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 book? Came out me that book out. like <laughs> i didn't read that as a kid it's a great no, no, book no 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 but like as an adult like you read that book and that oh, book yeah, is so like so intricate and beautiful and like well plotted you know yeah, but I can see that it's sort of a similar, in a similar genre, it's like sort of, um, you know, there's rogues and there's like kind of a quest feeling and there's like, yeah, yeah. it's a similar, yeah, 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 high fantasy kind of book. Right, but like, but it's, it's, it's sort of taken that, 
that genre and kind of refined it, right? Mm. And of course, it's an adult audience, so it's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and so like, I'm not going to enjoy it as much as I did back then because I'm not the same person that I was back then. Yeah, if that makes sense. It does. Okay, cool. Mm. Okay. Um, was there a book or a movie, or is there a movie or another adaptation? I don't think so. I don't think I've ever either. I wonder if there were ever people who tried to option it, but it would have been so difficult to do in like the nineties, the CG or whatever. And and if I was him, like I wouldn't want someone to handle it. Yeah, I think it would have to be a cartoon. And you know, cartoons can go real like they can go one of two ways, right? (laughs) They sure can. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, there was a. TV series in the UK must have been mm. 1999 does it have a rating uh, I'm just looking at Wikipedia so I don't see that uh, there are also two officially licensed games and also someone composed an opera based it's on the first book what? <laughs> <laughs> do they dress up like mice I don't like know Let's, yeah, yeah 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 we're gonna have to um all right. Um, they are in fact dressed up as mice. They're like wearing masks. Oh my gosh, it's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to put a link to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll do a little more research. And uh, um, that this reminds me actually is there's actually we didn't mention this in our um Diana Wynne Jones episode, but there was a musical version of Hell's Moving Castle, which I've never seen any of the songs for, but I'm very curious about. Oh, I'm curious. Yeah, it actually like played here in Seattle, and I was like afraid to go. <laughs> I was like, but I love it so much. What if it's bad? <laughs> right, right. I feel like that's even with the movie that came out. I was like scared. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's difficult to love something that much. Okay. Um, All right. Interesting. Interesting. I know when I was, um, gosh, like in junior high, I think we tried to adapt it for D and D. Oh, Do you remember that? I don't, but that sounds. I'm surprised that no one's done that because it it would suit itself very well to uh, um, a RPG. A role set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm assuming the games are probably like board games or card games or something like that. But I feel like it would be a pretty cool, you know, tabletop RPG kind mm-hmm. of setting. Um, I think the problem that we ran into was again balancing the species mm. power because you're like okay everyone's gonna play a badger like, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> why yeah, would you ever yeah. play anything but a badger yeah i mean why would you play anything other than an elf come on elves are awesome um yeah i am seeing yeah. some redwall rpgs i don't know if they're like homebrew or if they're at all licensed or what but they're out there people have done it i'm assuming they're homebrews yeah 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 because again it's one of those things like you know it's a fantasy world it sort of lends itself to epic you know adventures um, right the journey um, yeah you can see people broken into class a little bit oh uh, i literally already wrote them down yeah nice <laughs> Like, clearly, Barton's a fighter, Noth is a rogue. Bella, yeah. I was like, is she a druid? Because she heals. Kind of a leader. Kind of I don't fight. know. Bella's kind of yeah. hard. Kind of hard. Yeah. But definitely the squirrels are elves. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's so obvious. 
Um, maybe the <laughs> maybe moles could be dwarves or something because they're yeah, all both underground and tunnely. They're very they solid. They have yeah. accents. They all sound like yeah, they have accents. Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I know it'd be a total like D and D game. Very good. Yeah. So I don't know. Right. I I think we've run through all of our questions. Yeah. Um. Wow. So would you recommend this book? You read it to school children, so. Yeah, well, we you know we tried. I was I probably should have read this one instead of um, Redwall, but I couldn't remember the plots, so I got them confused. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I remember this one was my favorite. I uh, I could not remember what happened in Redwall, but I was like, oh, but it's the first one, it'll be fine. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. And I think like the beginning of Redwall is a little bit slow. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the kids really understood. I think if I started with this one, if I read this one, it would be better. Because, I mean, you, you in pretty early in the beginning, you have the death of the king, and then you have Martin yeah. fighting. And that would have, yeah. I think, brought them in more. Yeah. And yeah, that yeah. one, it's literally um, uh, Mateus. Mm-hmm. And he's just like this bumbling mouse. And like mm-hmm. people are like, what? You know, I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's more, more talky-talky. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And when you're doing a read aloud... I mean, you can really only get through, like, a chapter in ten minutes. So, I mean, it's, like, six weeks in, you barely have anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, but some of the kids, I think, wanted to read the books. So I got okay. a couple of them to kind of get into the series, which was, I nice. mean, not horrible. I mean, that's sort of the point, is to expose them to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to new books. Because hmm. we have, we have, like, ten? Ten of the series? Wow. No, and they don't really get checked out that much, which I think is actually sort of strange. I can see why hmm. on one level. I don't think these books are as popular as they once were. One is author's dead, not writing anymore. But the style of writing, I think I've, re- I've talked about this before, the style of writing is different than how people write books for children now. Hmm. Right, and I think this was the thing when I wrote when I talked about Dinah Wynne Jones. Books have to be so fast paced now, yeah, in order to keep the attention of these YouTube children, you know, <laughs> where they're used to getting information in ten minute clips. Yeah, interesting. You know? And so, you know, if you have a book where it's four hundred page book, maybe the first chapter is not that exciting. Like, no, they need to like throw you into the action like immediately and then when you hook them then you kind of go and delve into like backstory and setting and you know Interesting. world building okay um, and that's my theory i think that's part of the reason why it hasn't held up as much the humor mm-hmm. is also a little more dated yeah that's true right you know i mean it's not all like fart jokes that's true very you know i mean fart yeah. jokes are always funny that's true, but there's there's no fart jokes whatsoever. There are no fart jokes. Do you think if we were kids today that we would also like not really get into books unless they hooked us right away, or do you think our sort of um, like ability to hyperfixate would still <laughs> like kick in? Like, <laughs> see, this is something that I was thinking about, right? Like uh-huh. when we were kids, I remember I could read three books a day like literally like yeah. pull in a full work day of reading yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah eight hours yeah. or more right yeah. yeah and like i would read during dinner i would read mm-hmm. on the toilet i would read yeah. in the shower if i could have you know you would read walking home from school i did that's yeah. why i needed to check out a lot of books <laughs> because i had a long walk and i walked slow yeah um, <laughs> but like i don't know 
if it would be the same because again the style of books is different but even reading those books it's hard for me to sit down and just read for like three hours now i think i think i feel like there's so many things that i know i need to do as a quote unquote yeah. adult even being trapped at home i feel like there's things i need to do yeah that's interesting actually i feel like it probably wasn't until like late high school that I didn't have a feeling that I was sort of like supposed to be doing something at all times. Like when I was in junior high, I felt, I never felt like, Oh, like I could sit down and read, but I'm really supposed to be doing something else. It'd be like, Oh, I'm going to sit down and read now. Like, <laughs> whereas now I always feel like, Oh, I should be working on something. I have work to do. Oh, yeah. I don't want to work, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, even yeah. in high school, like I still read a ton in high school. Like yeah, I'm thinking about like our, our time management in high school like <laughs> it's so bad we didn't do homework i didn't no. read textbooks for class like i've never read anywhere textbooks i'm trying to think like i don't even know how i how i did it like the history books like i don't remember reading history textbooks. i finished in class That's oh yeah i would like kind of just like read like in class like just in time and that was fine like we skated on our sort of um like intelligence slash un undemanding course load for like quite some time yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like, you know, I have lots and lots of time to watch anime or to read mm -hmm. or just like do nothing. Um, Speaking of repetition, <laughs> we watch the same Ranma OVAs like over and over and over. <laughs> every day, one every one day. Kuro over the Kudos nest. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I, love it. I'm sorry. Uh, I still I still do that with Ben. Oh, like, that's when, he, when he gets the money and he slaps them with the stack of bills and he's all, oh! <laughs> <laughs> so like 25 years later, still that's making that same joke. <laughs> so last week, I just finished rereading the tilde. I was trying to read it to Wesley and he was like, meh, because, you know, Wesley. And then <laughs> I was like, you know what? I remember loving this book. I'm going to reread it because also yeah. we're probably going to need to reread it at some point anyways. And I sat down and I read it. It wasn't like that long, but I was like, gosh, I don't think I've sat down and just read a book mm. during the day yeah, in that way in like a really long time. Because most of the time, like, if I'm going to read, it's at night. I should be sleeping, you know, or I'm trapped in bed because I have to keep fussy company. So, like, what else am I going to do? But yeah. most of the time, I'll watch, like, dumb YouTube videos instead. Mm. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, I should read a book. I have a house full of books. Mm -hmm. you know and so yeah. I don't know what it is why I don't know if it's the um again it's that same dopamine effect you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah that same media videos, like that. yeah videos are more stimulating than books mm -hmm. I don't know yeah I was noticing that also um so uh to our listeners in the future we're currently uh sheltering in place from a pandemic um yay <laughs> yay all fine so far uh but I was noticing that um, I'm not actually getting that much reading done because I usually read on my commute. I read while I'm eating lunch and mm -hmm. I read like while I'm trying to like lull myself to sleep at night. Yeah. Uh, and I think just the other day I like literally just sat down in the middle of the afternoon with a book and I was just like, wow, I haven't done this in a long time. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It is. A, it's a weird, it's a weird thought to think that like, I mean, you know, clearly we are we are rereading these books for entertainment value, right? Like like we did when we were children. Yeah. We have not had to read for entertainment value in years. That's 
that's technically true. That's true. Right? I mean, there's so many, like, you have to, there's things we have to read for work mm-hmm. or for school, mm-hmm. right? Um, but there's so many options for entertainment now. And of course, we have so much less free time for entertainment. Yeah, that's, that's also very true. Also, we're in the golden age of television. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) it's it's very weird to sit down and just like read a book now um and i i think that's really crazy i remember actually like um after college i went through kind of like a a sad time you know like i was going through a really rough patch in my life and my older Mm. brother literally said to me like you know he's never listened to this so it's fine um he he said he's like surely you have not been reading your books like i just like i've noticed you have not been reading in a long time like you should read that's something that really makes you happy Hmm. and i did like i actually went and i read some of my old favorites and i'm like good god i love reading like (laughs) it is is an amazing thing but yeah you know you we sort of lost it you know i mean if you're commuting it makes sense Mm -hmm. um i listen to podcasts on um my commute because i have to drive you drive so (laughs) please do that and don't read (laughs) but like i mean um, I was looking for like good audiobooks too, right? Mm-hmm. Because I do love I do love stories. Although I hate audiobooks because they're slow. Um, oh, I can't. I cannot with audiobooks. They drive me crazy. Oh, uh, I I hate that I read so much faster. Oh yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, hurry up, hurry. Yeah, up. and then my attention wanders, and I'm just like, wait, what the hell's happening? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can only do it if there's like a um like a particular narrator that I really really like, and even then it's hard. I like them better when they're um, full cast. Oh, okay, okay. And it's basically like a like a BBC audio like play. Like an audio play, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, and it's great. Like, hmm. um, it makes the the books way better, I think, because I hate when like guys try to sound like girls. Like, oh yeah, that's the worst. That's the I worst. hate it. I hate that's it. The worst. So bad. Yeah. But I just feel like, you know, I don't know if. If we would be able to sit down, like how do you make Wesley sit down and read? But honestly, can I sit down and read with him? No. <laughs> right? Like I'm on my phone. Like I'm, yeah. I'm being terrible. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, deep thoughts. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Are we good? Shall we wind this thing up? Yeah. How long is this? Right. So Shirley. Yes. Do you remember what we're reading next time? No. Game. <laughs> 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 Next time we will be reading Western Game. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which luckily I acquired like before the pandemic shut down, so uh, I'm all I'm all set. Okay. Um, yeah. For 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 people who are going to be reading with us, um, you know, hmm. if, if you choose to do that uh, before we spoil the whole thing for you, because it's it's very um, spoilery. Yes, it's very spoilery. Yeah. It's a mystery. Yeah. Uh, you can. There's a just a free PDF roaming around the internet of the Western game. That's always true. That's always an option. No, this one's easy to find, like, too. Like, it's it's easy. Oh, really? Yeah, it is. All right. Yeah. Listen, we're definitely not telling you to do anything. Support authors, support bookstores, but, um, you know, do what you gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's really good. Um, yeah, so we're going to read the Western game next time. I already read it a while ago. We read it to the class, and then it was so good, and we didn't finish it. I was like, I'm going to finish it. Nice. And I did. And then, right. again, some of the kids were reading it, and they really liked it. So. 
Awesome. Okay, yeah. well, I look forward to hearing about the kids' reactions as well as yours. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Be strong, guys. Wash your hands. Oh, uh, wash your hands, please. Even though this is gonna be probably way after. Yeah. yeah. See you on the other side. Okay. <laughs> Bye. All right. Goodbye, guys. Thank you.